Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, I have some good news surrounding vaccines. We now are going to have the first ever vaccine for bees. Yes, the USDA has approved the first ever vaccine for bees. I think it's an exciting step forward for beekeepers as they rely on antibiotic treatment that has limited effectiveness and requires lots of time and energy to apply to the hives. So I know that they're having problems with the foul brood disease. (laughs) I never heard of it, but it's the most destructive uh, disease of the honeybee brood diseases. So Dalen Animal Health, D-A-L-A-N, Animal Health, has produced the vaccine and said the primary treatment method of the American foul brood disease has been incinerating bees and infected hives. So fantastic. Now think to yourself, wait, they have to catch the bee and then they have to shoot it up with the vaccine. I mean, that seems time-consuming, and I don't know that I want to be the one to do it. No, no, that's not how they do it, okay? (laughs) The vaccine is delivered to the queen in a sugar mixture, which prompts an immune response in her offspring. So researchers hope to extend the approach to other insect-related diseases. Yeah, that would be awesome. So... Uh, the worker bees incorporate the vaccine into the royal jelly, which they feed to the queen bee. Once the queen bee has consumed the vaccine-laden royal jelly, fragments of the vaccine are deposited in her ovaries. Then the queen's larvae will be born with immunity to the disease. Now, I have a question, and this is just me throwing it out there. I know that the vaccine is going to be available And I'm happy. I don't think we should be losing bees. I mean, we've got, we've got a huge problem with bee deaths around the world, specifically in the United States of America. And with the global population growth and changing climates, hello, we, this is increases the importance of honeybee pollination to secure our food supply. But my question is, is that, is, is, uh, my question is, when we put the vaccine into the beehive and then it goes into the honey, then when we consume the honey, do we get part of that vaccine in us? Nah, what am I thinking about? Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So I guess things have cooled down a little bit in Mexico. I know that uh, we had a big shootout uh, and arrest on Friday. 29 people died uh, in northern Mexico. A Mexico City federal judge halted the extradition of Joaquin El Chapo Guzman's son, the alleged drug cartel leader, Avio Guzman. Uh, They arrested him on Friday after uh, they went on this operation. (laughs) There was a huge shootout in the old Sinaloa neighborhood 
Uh, they were shooting at planes. Uh, planes were getting ready to take off, and people were hearing gunshots at the plane. So they just kind of decided not to take off. Probably a good idea, since uh, you know they're being fired upon uh, on the on the tarmac. And so people were staying at the airport, hiding in the bathroom, saying, "Yeah, no, we're not going to go out. Uh, it's pretty dangerous out there. We're going to stay here." <laughs> you know, just for a little while. So they have ordered Guzman, the son, to stay uh, 60 days of preventative detention for the purpose of extradition after a hearing at the uh, Altiplano Maximum Security Federal Prison that he's being held at. We'll see uh, if that actually takes place because they had arrested him before, back in 2019. And to curb the violence... Uh, because of his arrest, the president of Mexico said, yeah, you can go ahead, go free. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, no problem. So I guess now uh, President Joe Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau are visiting Mexico City to attend this North American Leaders Summit. Boy, I bet you that'll be fun. And so they believe that... Uh, capturing Guzman was a way for the president to show the Mexican president to show the U S that he's in control of the armed forces and Mexico's security situation. Uh-huh. And he said it also diffuses the power behind any ask from the Biden administration to stem the tide of fentanyl and other na narcotics across the border. Okay. Now they've denied that. Uh, he said, no way. Oh, okay. Well then that, that makes it okay, then. No problem. I'm sure you're not doing it because of that. So at least 19 suspected gang members, 10 military personnel died during the clashes. Uh, they arrested Guzman along with 21 others. No civilian deaths or injuries were reported. Uh-huh. But they had locked down. They blocked roads. They told people to shelter in place. And so now they claim that, uh, well, the roads are all open. And, uh, you know, assure the state of Sinaloa is the home to, you know, the powerful narcotics trafficking organizations, the Sinaloa cartel. Sure. Uh, but everything's fine now. So don't you worry about it. Now, the brother, <laughs> uh, Vito, is the brother of Joaquin Guzman Lopez, who inherited the uh, a lot of the proceeds from dad and the other brother was killed Edgar Guzman Lopez Lopez so you know they got all this cash and they apparently have been purchasing uh you know a bunch of marijuana in Mexico and cocaine in Colombia they began purchasing large amounts of ephedrine from Argentina arranged for smuggling of the product into Mexico as they began to experiment with methamphetamine production so they apparently oversee according to this article oversee at least 11 methamphetamine labs in the state of Sinaloa so if one of those blows up you could blow up all damn 11 but I would venture to say that it's probably more than 11 <laughs> and it's not just in the old state of Sinaloa but you know what do I know nothing is what I know nothing so just uh, be careful uh, when you're going out I know Defense Minister Luis Crescencino Sandoval said, uh, you know, shelter at home. Uh, we have cartel members in various parts of the city. 
and we're gonna we're gonna arrest them and we'll see what happens. So as of right now, uh, we know that Ovido Guzman is uh, under arrest, and we'll see if uh, what happens after that. I told you last time that he was arrested. Um, they went crazy and they were killing people left and right. And that's when the president said, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You're out. Uh, get out of here. Uh, just to, he wanted to stop the bloodshed. <laughs> okay. All right. So all you people in Mexico and in, in Mexico itself, let alone the Sinaloa state, uh, good luck. God bless. Uh, have fun. May want to consider, I don't know, perhaps moving. Now, I don't know when uh, <laughs> when uh, El Chapo's son goes to court, if he's going to have an attorney or not, but I see where a robot that's actually an artificial intelligence algorithm created by a company called Do Not Pay is, uh, helps people with their lawyer needs, and it's going to actually be used in court next month. That We'll see if that works. Uh, Apparently, the company said it's going to cover any fines or fees incurred by the defendant if AI doesn't do what they claim it's supposed to do. So the guy is supposed to have the app open with uh, an earpiece in his ear. Where where else would he keep his earpiece, Jeff? I'm just saying it's going to be in his ear. And uh, he's going to have the phone in his pocket. And then the uh, phone or the app will be listening to the courtroom and advise him what to say after listening to arguments presented during the hearing. I'm going to reach out to Do Not Pay. would love to talk to these people and see what the app does what it, what they claim it can do. Um, it'll be awesome. Robots. I mean, now the, the attorneys are going to be pissed because the robots are going to be taking the attorney's job. <laughs> okay. Uh, that'll be awesome. Uh, that'll be awesome to hear soon. You just, you're just going to set the phone, put the phone on the, on the desk and just let it answer for you. You don't need to listen to it. Just what do you have to say? AI. We object, Your Honor. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, Zuckerberg should have used "Do Not Pay" to in Europe. Yeah, he was just fined four hundred and fourteen million by EU by, by the EU uh, for targeted advertising. Uh, okay, uh, no problem. They have violated privacy laws with its usage of targeted advertising. All right. I mean, we all know that if we, we've, we've said yes to Facebook and Instagram, I'm sorry, Meta, and uh, that makes us, you know, they get to, you know, use our information for targeted ads. Well, um, according to the Ireland's Data Protection Commission, they found that social media giant was in violation of the General Data Protection Regulation which is a privacy law enacted in 2018 uh, of the fundamental rights of the union. EU regulators accused Meta of breaching that law by using users' personal data for targeted advertising. Duh. And Meta, of course, argued that when users agree to their platform, terms of service contracts, they're legally able to collect the data. 
However, the DPC found that users of Instagram and Facebook got insufficient clarity as to what processing operations were being carried out on their personal data. Okay. So they demanded that the tech giant uh, reins in its data collection practices, and they've got a three-month time period to do that. Uh, Zuck said uh, he argued against the claims by the EU. The debate around legal bases been ongoing for some time, and so he's still fighting that. Um, amazingly, the Irish Commission has 11 other open inquiries into Meta's operations within the EU, uh, imposing other fines, adding up to over a billion dollars, almost a billion and a half dollars. Huh. Big surprise that uh, Meta is uh, laying off some of its workforce. Yeah, needs a little bit of cash for these lawsuits uh, going on uh, in the EU. But he should have used don't pay. Should have used don't pay. And he could have just, list, you know, turned on the app. <laughs> We object, Your Honor. And you're good to go. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Desperately. <sighs> so Ireland Baldwin. Ireland Baldwin is going to have her first baby. She's pregnant. She's expecting with her boyfriend, Rack. <laughs> she's living in Oregon. They've got a nice little shop that they've opened up in Oregon on the beach somewhere. It's called Good Times. Not sure what they sell, but if you're ever in uh, Gearheart, Oregon, right on the beach, you can stop in and, you know, check out what they have for sale at Good Times. So Ireland is the daughter of Alec Baldwin. Oh, I forgot that that's still a rule. Uh, whenever I say his name, you're going to hear that gunshot go off. And Kim Basinger. And uh, remember uh, Ireland. She's 27 now. So a long time ago, 2007. Uh, how old were you? Well, she was 11. And she got a voicemail from dear old dad. <laughs> and I went back. I mean, I remember the... You know, the, the headline in my head, you know, you're a rude, thoughtless little pig. But I went back and listened to that entire voicemail. Holy cow. I mean, they talk about how this put a permanent break in their relationship. I guess they've made up. And, you know, she did the roast for him. And, uh, you know, I guess they've made up now. But, wow. I could not imagine leaving this voicemail to my 11-year-old daughter. It just makes me love Alec even more. I mean, it's a couple of minutes long. It's incredible how angry he is and how he treats his 11-year-old daughter. What a douche. I mean, I've always loved Alec Baldwin's work. But he's such a douche, personally. I can't take much more. And hey, by the way, what's happened with the uh, the Rust shooting? Anything else going on about that case, Alec? 
I mean, that's what started this whole thing that uh, when I say your name, uh, full name, you get the gunshot. And when I say your first name, you just get the gun cocking. That's what started it all, was the stupid rust shooting. And I'm sorry, the, the, the manslaughter shooting on the set of rust. But anyway, uh, a two-minute voicemail. Back to this voicemail thing to his daughter, Ireland, who's pregnant, by the way, now. And Kim says it's going to be a little baby girl. So she's going to... Kim and granddaddy Alec Baldwin are going to have a little granddaughter. So sweet. About the same age as uh, his kids. I will say his name again just to hear the just to hear the gunshot. So I'm going to play the voicemail. Holy cow, man. If you didn't like Alec before, when you hear this, it's unbelievable. And I know it's from 2007, but it's just, I, I wasn't going to play. I was just going to talk about it, but I just got done listening to it again. And it's amazing. It's just incredible. And he's, remember, he's leaving this voicemail for his 11-year-old daughter. Hey, I want to tell you something, okay? And I want to leave a message for you right now. Because again, it's 10.30 here in New York on a Wednesday. And once again, I've made an ass of myself trying to get to a phone to call you at a specific time. When the time really? comes for me to make the phone call, I stop whatever I'm doing, and I go and I make that phone call. At 11 o'clock and that in makes morning, you an ass? And if you don't pick up the phone okay. at 10 o'clock at night, and you don't even have that phone turned on, I want you to know something, okay? <laughs> Ooh. You have insulted me. You don't have the brains or the decency wow. as a human being. I don't give a damn that you're 12 years old or 11 years old oh, or that old you're a child or that your mother is a thoughtless pain in the ass who doesn't care about what you do as far as I'm concerned. You have humiliated me for the last time with this phone. And when I come out there next week, yeah. I'm going to fly out there for the day yeah. just to straighten you out. Yeah. Hear me? I'm going to let you know just how disappointed in you I am and how angry I am with you that you've done this to me again. You've made me feel like <laughs> and you've made me feel like a fool over and oh, over and over I'm going to come out there, again. though. And this crap you pull on me with this phone situation that you would never dream of doing to your mother and you do it to me constantly and over and over again. Was there anything else, Alec? You are a rude, thoughtless little pig, okay? To replay this message. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, whew, that was it. I thought there was a little bit left in the message. <laughs> I mean, he's talking to his 11-year-old daughter. What a douche. He made himself look like an ass because he had to stop what he was doing. Whatever that was. 
uh, having dinner, whatever it was, working, whatever. Hey, I got to call my daughter. Wow, you made yourself look like an ass. And I just, amazing. But anyway, congratulations. Because uh, you're going to be a granddaddy. And your daughter, who's a rude, thoughtless little pig, is going to have another girl. So maybe you can leave her a voicemail too. Mr. Alec Baldwin. So we wrapped up the DeMar Hamlin weekend. Uh, I don't know if it will continue on through the playoffs. I'm sure it probably will. But uh, he's doing better, uh, rehabbing. Uh, Still in the hospital. He apparently will be released soon. No telling whether he'll ever play football again. But I know that uh, they had a deal with his contract that uh, they could, where he wasn't, wouldn't get paid the full amount. And they already, uh, of course, made the deal where he would get paid the full amount of his contract, no matter what now. So good for him. Uh, good for him. The games this weekend uh, heading into the playoffs uh, for the NFL were awesome. And, of course, Buffalo started off with a kickoff return that was, you know, some, I mean, it was awesome to see. And it was fate. And it was for DeMar. And it was, you know, all for three. All for three. 33 degrees out. It was 30. It was just all for three. A perfect day in Buffalo. And, uh, and they won. I still don't understand why the NFL did what they did as far as canceling the game and not making it. I just, I don't understand all that. And neutral sites, it just seems to, they made it more convoluted than they needed to. But we've covered that. So the playoffs are uh, next weekend, the big wild card round. Uh, the super wild card weekend. You got the Seahawks uh, taking on the San Francisco 49ers, the Chargers versus the Jaguars. That should be fun. Justin Herbert taking on uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, The Dolphins versus the Bills. Uh, The Giants and the Vikings. The Ravens and the Bengals. And then Monday night, you've got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know a lot of people all wound up uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers having a losing record, uh, but winning the division. And they are hosting. Yeah, they won the division. You work to win your division. That's what happens. The record doesn't have anything to do with that. Your record in the division is what matters. And that's, you can't start taking that away from teams. Sorry, the fans get to have a home game. Now they're making the championship game if Buffalo is in it, right? Buffalo or Cincinnati, that's their deal. It's got to go to a neutral field. I mean, that's just dumb. I don't understand. I'll stop because I could get into a a whole other rant about the NFL on that. And I don't want to do that right now. I don't want I don't want to do that to you uh, right now. I don't want to do that to me, to be honest with you. And then tonight, for those of you listening live, today is the 9th of January, 2023. The 9th already. Boy, time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, we have the national championship, the college football national championship taking place tonight. Georgia taking on TCU. In Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Now it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. Uh, it definitely is gonna be a fun game. 
Uh, I'm still upset that TCU did not win the Big 12, but I'm happy that they're in the national championship. Uh, it's been a fun season. They've been fun to watch. Uh, they've, they've come close to losing so many games, and they've come back to win. They're awesome to watch. Georgia is a 12.5-point favorite against TCU. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like TCU has been, uh, you know, teams have been favored against TCU all year, and they have not let that uh, detour them from their from their mission. So I feel like Georgia is going to go up against a team that they're not used to. That having been said, it would not surprise me to see Georgia uh, repeat as national champions and just destroy. TCU, and uh, that that very well could happen. Would not surprise me. I don't want it to happen. Uh, I kind of root for TCU. I kind of want them to beat Georgia, but uh, I don't think they can. But I don't think Georgia is going to destroy them. I think TCU will make it into a good game. But we shall see. We shall see. Should be. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to the game. That's for sure. And then I see where they're not even letting people tailgate at SoFi for the college national championship game. Hello, it's college. Tailgating is the deal. I guess they have places set up off-site for tailgating parties to take place. But that's kind of... That's kind of chintzy. Oh, yeah, they're concerned about parking and availability. It's SoFi. Are you kidding me? They have tailgating there. It's just incredible that they're not allowing tailgating at the national championship game, Georgia and TCU. Just incredible to me. Anyway, uh, it should be enjoyable and I'm looking forward to it. And did we see uh, the last game from Aaron Rodgers in the NFL last night? Uh, We watched the uh, Sunday night game last night as the Packers took on... uh, the Detroit Lions and the Packers all they had to do was win and they were in the playoffs and they didn't do it. At Lambeau too. Whew. Lambeau field against the Lions. The Lions were not uh, going to make it to the playoffs so they were just a spoiler team and they spoiled. And so, you know, Aaron uh, could have been his last game. That's what, they're, that's what they're claiming. I don't think so. I think he believes he has some more time left uh, to play in the NFL. He may, it may be his last game at Lambeau. <laughs> uh, he may end up playing someplace else. Uh, that might happen. But uh, I don't think he's done playing in the NFL yet. He still has, I believe he believes he has more to give to an NFL team. And then I believe that as well. Come <laughs> me back on NFL again. I just have these thoughts about football. I, you know, okay, I'll stop. All right, I'll stop talking about football. Okay. Follow me on Twitter. At Jeffy JFR, uh, Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. I do a little bit of sports uh, you know, on Twitter because uh, you know I get to tweet it live. Uh, I see where. Uh, speaking of Twitter, I saw where they're now. They're going to start. Uh, uh, you're going to be able to have tweets that are you know more than 400. You're going to be able to write a letter or a college paper. Uh, I guess. Uh, hopefully, it's not in my timeline. I guess. It will be in your timeline, but you'll be able to click on it so it expands more if you want to read more. Uh, I don't know that I want to read more. Just give me my just give me my tweet. And this, let me have my tweet. Okay, let me read the tweet, and then I'll move on. I'll scroll on. I don't want to spend another 
hour and a half reading college papers from a tweet. And that's what's going to end up happening. <laughs> anyway, I do tweet some live tweet on some sport sporting events. But, uh, you know, most of it is just fun. And so you can follow me at JeffyJFR. Instagram and Facebook is Jeff Fisher Radio. Uh, if you'd like to do a cameo, have me do a cameo for you. I am up on cameo at JeffyJFR. That's not free, though. Uh, that costs money. So, you know, it's just, hey, that's the way life is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I know. You can follow me on uh, YouTube, uh, Chewing the Fat at Jeff Fisher. And, of course, you can always email the show, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. There was a conference in San Diego in November. Uh, the conference was Obesity Week. Why was I not invited to Obesity Week in San Diego, California? It's November. Chewing the fat could not be. I could be doing live shows from Obesity Week. <laughs> so they were all over about the new anti-obesity medication that uh, they're promoting. I was just talking to someone who is taking this Manjaro. Uh, it's a diabetes drug, but it's a it's now a weight loss drug, and he takes an injection once a week, and it's Manjaro, and it's leading to weight loss. He's already lost like 30, 40 pounds, and so it's working. Uh, he claimed that uh, you get the shot, and what it does is it makes you uh, feel full. It's a it's a diabetes drug is what it was originally created for. And now they're saying that uh, the drugs used for diabetes are in short supply now due to fat people wanting to use it. That's my headline, not theirs. And uh, so good luck finding it and, and you know having the insurance cover it and you go through the company and try to work out a deal with them. And so once a shot week or one shot a week, that's the prescription. And there's a different, they're differing uh, amounts that you start out small and then you work up to the highest. Uh, I, for, I, I forget what it is. Always check with your physician. Uh, but it's working for him. He claims that uh, what it does is it makes you feel sick when you eat too much. And he said it happens fast. He said for him, you know, he would do the shot and then he was he hasn't he hasn't changed any of his uh, any of his eating plan. You know, any kind of he's not trying to eat better at all. <laughs> Might have been the problem of why he's obese to begin with. But uh, he said as soon as you eat too much, it makes you sick and sick fast. You feel really sick fast like you never want to eat again for quite a while. So he's on Munjaro. And apparently there's some other uh, diabetes medications that they're using that they talked about uh, at Obesity Week at the Obesity Conference in San Diego. Would have, would have been happy to be there, but no. No, I was not there. So maybe, you know, the Office of Obesity Research at the U.S. National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases in Bethesda, Maryland. What do you think? Call me. Let me know the next time we're having Obesity Week. <laughs> That'd be nice. Thank you.
All right, we do have a couple of uh, people in our Who Died Today segment. We have, uh, speaking of obese, uh, supersized salon star Jamie Lopez, uh, dead at 37. She is the plus, I'm sorry, she is the plus size stylist who uh, died from heart complications uh, at 37 years of age. The founder of Baby Doll Beauty Couture and star of We TV reality show Super Size Salon is dead at the age of 37. She should have maybe, uh, you know, given Munjaro a shot because, uh, woo. Anyway, Super Size Salon star Jamie Lopez dead at the age of 37. Then we have action sports legend Ken Block. Co-founder of DC Shoes and Hoonigan Racing died near his home in Utah at the age of 55 following a snowmobile accident. Very sad. Uh, he rode on a steep slope uh, and it did not end well. Uh, we haven't even gotten this. Speaking of uh, you know accidents in the snow, we haven't even talked about Jeremy Renner. Now, he's not part of our Who Died Today segment because he's very much alive. But his story is just amazing that he had that cat snowplow run over him. We'll have to, we have to talk about him at some point. Uh, also, uh, Owen Roizman, uh, cinematographer on film classics uh, The Exorcist, The French Connection, and Network has passed away at 86 years of age. And we got news that Adam Rich, star of Eight is Enough, uh, is dead at 54 years of age. And they would not reveal the cause of death. And whenever, in these days, uh, you know, when they don't reveal what killed you, they leave it wide open to, well... You know what it is. And so, <laughs> I know. I know. So, anyway, uh, rest in peace to all of those people. Uh, Jamie Lopez, Ken Block, Owen Roisman, and Adam Rich, star of Eight is Enough. Rest in peace. Okay, so Jeremy Renner. I mean, he's lucky to be alive. He continues to give updates uh, from the hospital following his New Year's Day snowplow accident. He celebrated his 52nd birthday this past weekend. And, of course, he posted uh, pictures uh, from the hospital on his Instagram stories. He thanked the hospital and the ICU team. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he suffered that snowplow accident. And then they airlifted airlifted him from his home, and there weren't surgery the following day. Just incredible. Um, I mean, I don't know. He was injured by a fourteen thousand three hundred and thirty pound snowplow. <laughs> he is definitely lucky to be alive. Wow. I mean, it's just uh, and, and the, every story that I have read about. The case is you can't find the snowplow anymore. That's a used snowplow. They don't even make those things anymore. So apparently the old cat snowplow people are like, we're not responsible for that. Uh, I was told that it was supposed to have some kind of, you know, automatic off switch if something like that happened. Nope. It just ran over him. And he was lucky to have, apparently his next door neighbor was a doctor and helped him, uh, you know, survive after the snowplow ran over him, after this 
14,330 pound snowplow ran over him. Uh, just incredible. And it's, it's not like he lives in a small neighborhood. The, na the doctor doesn't live right there next door. I mean, it's a big piece of property. So it'll be interesting to find out what actually took place because I guess a family member was stuck in snow and he was trying to free that vehicle. And so we'll see. I mean, it's just amazing what happened, but he's very lucky to be alive. And I know his, you know, the new show, uh, Mayor of Kingstown, uh, starts up again really soon on uh, Paramount Plus. So I'm looking forward to that. That was, of course, pre-snowplow. So I was reading about transmaxing. <laughs> you say, wait, transmaxing? Yes, a large online group of men who consider themselves involuntarily celibate or incels believe they can build better, more successful lives by transitioning to female. These so-called transmaxers believe society is rigged against men, particularly those who aren't conventionally attractive, but argue that men can and should adopt female identities, even if they have never experienced gender dysphoria in order to improve their lives and their sexual prospects. If you do not currently feel like living as a female, you might have to work on fixing that. That's a prominent trans-maxing advocate. <laughs> uh, there's so many. There's so many trans-maxing advocates. Uh, I'm not sure which one is, you know, importantly saying, uh, if you do not currently feel like living as a female, you might have to work on fixing that. Identifying as male or being emotionally attached to a male body is bad for you if being male results in you living a bad life. Okay, sure. you Absolutely. Then I saw a tweet from at starqueen underscore nine. At starqueen underscore nine as I'm scrolling through at jeffyjfr tweets and uh, comments and this about sums up everything in today's world okay cis bisexuals who attacked gay slash trans folk and stay acting like monosexism isn't a symptom of how homo nationalism created a white slash cis slash bourgeois reduction of the term gay in order to expand the culture of monogamy and patriarchy plus cis-hetero-slash-allosexism that harms all of us. That, my friends, sums up where we're at in today's world. Duh. <laughs> Alright, I'll just I'll leave you with the joke, okay? This is a little friendly family joke. Alright, you can take this with you. You can use it anywhere you want, okay? Uh this is a joke, remember. J-O-K-E. Japanese scientists have invented a camera with a shutter that operates so fast that it can capture an image of a woman with her mouth shut. If you're a woman who just got upset, remember. It's just a joke. Of course there's no camera that fast. Be safe out there.
subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.